Oh, God, have mercy. It's what you say when you have a crossroad moment. I mean, have you, have you ever said that? Had something happened in your life and you go, oh, God, have mercy. Now, last week we uh, started this series called Crossroads, and we're looking at various encounters that uh, Jesus had with people at the crossroads. And we talked about that at the crossroads you face a lot of pain, a lot of fear, brokenness. And in the midst of all that pain and confusion, the fact is you have a lot of questions. And it is in that uncertainty that we have in life that many times you find God. You find hope at the crossroads. You find purpose at the crossroads. You find healing at the crossroads. It's at the crossroads that lives are changed. And I know that from experience, and many of you do too. Some of you today are at the crossroads in your life. And more than anything, you need to know that God is with you, that God cares, that God wants the very best for you. And I said as I was studying for this series, one of the things that that jumped at me in the Gospels was that Jesus asked a lot of questions at the crossroads. You know, he'd meet people and he'd just ask this stuff. In fact, there are over 100 questions recorded in uh, the Gospel stories. They're defining questions. They're life-changing questions. Last week, we we talked about uh, being in the storms of life. And the the story that we looked at focused on Jesus. He was with the disciples, and the winds start swirling, and the waves start crashing over the boat. And Jesus asked the disciples in the middle of that storm, why are you afraid? And that was a defining question. If you weren't here, I'd encourage you to listen online and catch up. But today, I want to look at a crossroad where you need the touch of God, where you need a miracle in your life. See, this is a crossroad where you have a problem or a challenge or a struggle, and you don't know how to solve it. I mean, you can't do it on your own, okay? And I know some of you today are weary, and you're broken, you're exhausted. Some of you are afraid. I mean, some of you have been praying and believing God for a miracle. God, have mercy on whatever it is. And if you're at that crossroads today, I'm glad you're here because I think this message is going to speak to where where you're at. Today, I want to look at a story. It's found in Matthew, the 8th chapter, or ninth chapter. And this story, if you back up just a little bit, before it took place, Jesus had just healed a, a little girl. Actually, he had raised her from the dead. And Scripture records that as Jesus and the disciples were entering the house where the little girl was... People are saying to him, the little girl's dead. And Jesus says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And if you read the account, Scripture says people started laughing. See, they were laughing at Jesus. It was like, Jesus, are you stupid? She's dead. We know she's dead. Don't you get it? She's gone. There's nothing to be done here. And Jesus and the disciples enter the house where the dead girl is. 
And when they walk out, she walks out with them. And I'm sure that everyone that witnessed that, I mean, they're just blown away. There's no more crying. The crowd, they're no longer laughing. I mean, people are celebrating. They're excited. It's good news. And and the news of that miracle begins to spread through the region, Scripture says. And then we pick up our story. It says, two blind men, they, they needed healing. And they hear about the miracle. Scripture says, and Jesus went, went on from there. Two blind men followed him, calling out. Let's say this in unison. What did they cry out? Have mercy on us, son of David. Harry Laison in the Greek. Lord, have mercy. God, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. You know, that, that Greek word, it really implies a uh, kind of a uh, animalistic cry, a cry of great anguish desperation. It is a scream that demands attention. See, these guys are crying out, Jesus, have mercy. And these guys in that statement are acknowledging that they believe Jesus is the Messiah, which would put the Pharisees on tilt hearing that. But these guys are crying out, Kyrie eleison. Jesus, have mercy. These guys heard that Jesus is healing, and they thought, maybe, just maybe, he could heal us. Now, friends, I have no idea what it's like to be blind. The, the closest I, I've ever come was in college as kind of a, a work assignment. I was blindfolded for one day so that you would kind of try and get an understanding of what it's like. And I, I'll tell you, it was a serious challenge. I, I had to have my buddies take me to class and get stuff for me. And even though it was just a day, it was like, it was very difficult. And my buddies... Well, they, they didn't help much in that because they had a lot of fun at my expense, you know. They, they walked me into walls, they walked me into a table, even walked me into a sprinkler at one point. You know, one, no kidding, I was sitting in class, uh, and uh, it was a morning class before lunch, and I'm sitting in class, and one by one, they snuck out of the room, including the professor. And at a point, I'm like, hello, hello, you know, no, nobody. I mean, that's what friends do, right, for one another. But I remember that. I mean, it was just one day, and I knew I could take the blindfold off at any point I wanted. But I was glad when the day was done. I, didn't, I, didn't, I couldn't hardly wait to get that blindfold off. These men, I mean, they may have been blind their whole lives. We, we don't know. Scripture doesn't say. But these guys are desperate. And they believe in the depths of their soul that Jesus can do something for them. And so these men, they're, they're following Jesus and they're, they're crying out to him, Lord, have mercy on us. 
It's interesting, when you read the story, we have no indication from Scripture if Jesus even replied to their cries. Scripture just says Jesus kept walking. He goes inside a home. These blind men follow him into the home. And and as they're standing before Jesus, he asks the defining question that we're looking at today. It's a life-changing question. It says, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And I love the way they express themselves at the crossroads here. It's kind of the express way of faith. They express full throttle faith and they say, yes, we do, Lord. We do. We know you can. We believe that you can do this. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. I want you to notice something. It wasn't according to their income. It wasn't according to their social status. It wasn't according to what people thought about them. It wasn't according to what they wore. It wasn't according to where they worshipped. It wasn't according to any of those things. It was according to their faith. Which I find very, very encouraging that God responds to faith. Something you find throughout Scripture. You read, the Hebrew writer says, and without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, God loves our faith. God loves it when we believe in faith. You know, when we realize that that our faith can move God, when you grasp that, it's a game changer, isn't it? I mean, I think knowing that can build your faith. But I think you've got to be really careful here. Because sometimes... In church circles especially, I mean, some Christians kind of kind of cruel on, the, on this one. Well, you know, the reason God didn't do what you asked him to do, you lack faith. So what happens is when God does something, God gets credit. But oftentimes when God doesn't do something, what happens is people blame themselves. Well, I didn't pray right. I didn't pray long enough. I, I didn't have enough faith. Ouch. In other words, what I did wasn't enough. Friends, God does honor faith. That, that's true. That's a true statement. But I believe sometimes people live with this false sense of guilt because they believe they didn't do something right. You know, they believe they did something wrong, which kind of raises the question of what kind of faith does God honor? We, we know that faith moves God's heart, but what type of faith is it? Well, the type of faith that God honors is faith that believes even when it can't see it. 
You know, when you're at the crossroads, when your future's uncertain, when you have doubt, when you have fear, and they're kind of consuming you, when you can't see down the road, but faith moves you forward, even though you can't see. You know, the Hebrew writer says, now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. It's a confidence in God. It's a confidence that what we hope for might actually happen. The assurance of something we, we can't really see, but we can see it here. See, this is what happened with the story of the two blind men. It says, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. At that crossroads, Jesus asked that defining question. It's a life-changing question. And long before they could see it, long before they could see the results of it, they say, yes, Lord, we believe that. Let me ask you the same question. Whatever challenge you're facing today, whether it be a physical challenge or a relational challenge, maybe it's a financial challenge or a a vocational challenge, maybe it's a spiritual battle that you're in, do you believe that God hears your prayers? Do you believe that God is able to answer your prayer? Do you believe God can handle whatever it is? Do you believe all things, all things, all things, all things, all things are possible with God? Now, I've been doing this a long time as a pastor. And I know what the standard Christian answer is. People go, oh, yeah, I believe that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's what we say. Why? Because it's what we've been taught to say. But oftentimes, when you dig under it, our, our words and our actions kind of betray us here. They, they actually indicate that we don't believe that. You know, people go, well, all we can do now is pray. I wonder if when God hears that, God goes, wow, you're in trouble now. I'm all you got left? Wow. What do you think, think this past week, that, that challenge, that issue, that problem, whatever it is, did you pray about it faithfully? Did you pray about it every day? Did you pray about it a lot? I know as I say that, some of you go, well... Not so much. I mean, I I prayed about it a few weeks ago. Did you pray about it at all? Well, I thought about praying. Friends, if, if you don't pray about much, it shows that you don't believe God's active. You don't believe that God gets involved. You don't believe that God can What are you praying about? 
I mean, is it big? Is it going to require a big, powerful God? I mean, what are you praying about? Because it reflects what you think about God. It reflects what you believe God can do in your life. You know, I mean, if all we do is pray for little things, things that might happen anyway, like, God, give us a safe trip. If, If that's as big as my prayers get, it says something about my faith. Now, I'm not saying don't pray for the trip. But what what I'm saying here is that if you don't pray for the trip, the fact is a lot of people arrive safely and never pray about it. You know, God blesses food that will nourish our bodies. How involved does God need to be? Well, I've seen the way some eat, maybe a lot. Maybe it is a miracle, you know. God bless these Twinkies and Doritos, you know. Friends, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying don't pray for your food that it nourish your body. What I'm saying, if that's all there is to your prayer life, it says something. Do you believe God's able? Do you believe that God could help you overcome addiction? Do you believe that God could help you overcome a a situation, a problem? Do you believe that God could heal your marriage? Do you believe that God could cure the cancer? Do you believe that with God all things are possible? See, some of you are at that crossroads today. And I believe Jesus is saying, do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe that? See, the faith that God honors is a faith that believes, even when you can't see it. It's a faith that persists in life when nothing changes. Faith that continues to believe in spite of what you're seeing and what you're experiencing. You know our story, the, these blind men, they're, they're crying out, God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, son of David. And what's Jesus do? Jesus keeps walking. And these guys follow him into the house. And, and you get the sense when you read the story that these guys will not be detoured. They're going to pursue. We're going to follow Jesus, and we're either going to get thrown out of this house or we're going to get healed. But we're not going away. We're we're going to keep believing. We're going to keep pursuing until we don't have an option. It's about, I was thinking about when I was in high school, uh, Sticks. Do you any Sticks fans out there? Yeah. I, I was a big Sticks fan, and uh, they were going to be in concert in, in our town. And so I went real early because what I wanted to do, I wanted to meet Dennis DeYoung, the lead singer. And so I got there early. I went to one of the gates that was close by, and I'm standing there with a group of guys, and a man comes up to the gate, and he's letting several people in. And so I followed him. And I walk around with these guys for about 15, 20 minutes. I have no idea who the guys were. I, I, the best I could tell from the conversation was they were, they were engineers or techs of some sort. 
But about that time, Dennis DeYoung comes in and Tommy Shaw. These guys are introducing themselves. So I thought, well, I'll introduce myself. And so I shook hands with Dennis DeYoung. As soon as I introduced myself, I get these weird looks from the guys I've been pretending I was with. And then I hear some commotion behind me, and then the security guards come up to me, and they go, come with us, please. (laughs) Escorted me out, and uh, long story. but I know. (laughs) It's kind of what these guys did. They broke protocol. They followed Jesus into someone's house, a house they weren't invited into. And they weren't going to be deterred. You know, we're going to stick with Jesus until he heals us or he sends us away. But we're sticking. What kind of faith honors God? Faith that persists even when things don't change. You know, Colossians, Paul writes, he says, be persistent in prayer. What are we to be? Persistent. Be persistent in prayer and keep an alert as you pray, giving thanks to God. See, we're to give God thanks for something that hasn't happened yet. I mean, that takes faith. Persistent in prayer. Praying, continuing to pray, even when things don't change, even when they're still the same. You know, Jesus tells the story of the persistent widow. It's found in Luke 18. I encourage you, you could read it this week, but Luke 18, he, talking in this widow, she, she is just pursuing this judge. A judge that Jesus said didn't love God and didn't love people. But the widow keeps bothering him. She's hounding him. She wants justice in a case. And she's like, I need you to do something for me, judge. And she just keeps pressing him. And to the point that the judge finally goes, she is driving me crazy. I'm going to give her what she wants. I want to be done with her. And Jesus, as he tells the story, says, here's the point. This unrighteous judge, this judge that doesn't care for God, doesn't care for people, is moved by the persistence. He says, how much more does a loving God respond to the persistent prayers of his sons and daughters, his children? See, God responds to faith. Don't give up. Some of you need to hear this today. Don't give up even when things aren't changing. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep pursuing. Remember years ago, I I had a baptism service, and uh, there was a guy, he was a father, late 60s, maybe early 70s, and uh, baptism, people were celebrating, and then I noticed his daughter. I mean, she was very emotional. And so I'm trying to kind of sort it out. And finally, I just stepped over by her and I go, are you okay? She said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. But she said, I just got thinking about how many times I almost quit praying for my father. 
And then she went into quite a lengthy dialogue of just saying, it was like she kept hearing a voice in her head saying, this is just dumb praying for him. What a waste of time. Quit, quit praying. He's never going to come around. She'd been praying for him for almost 30 years. And I just remember her saying, and to think I almost quit. Friends, some of you, some of you have been praying for something for a long, long time. And I know there's that little voice that pops up once in a while and you hear it saying, what are you still praying for that for? What are you, why are you still believing that? God could never do that. God, God's not going to respond. It's never going to happen. And I want to say, don't give up. See, God honors faith that is persistent, even when things don't change, even when you can't see it, you can't see down the road. You just got to continue to believe. I mean, what kind of faith moves God? Well, faith that moves forward, even when it makes no sense at all. You know, a faith that's marked by action, a faith that moves ahead, even when everybody else thinks you're crazy. And there is a big difference between hope and faith, right? Hope's kind of that inward desire. Oh, I hope that'll happen. But faith, faith moves forward. It heads in a direction no matter what. I mean, James, he describes uh, faith, faith of Abraham that was marked by action. And if you don't know the story of Abraham, it is really a faith-filled story. You know, at a point, God moves in Abraham's life, and he begins to sense that he's supposed to sacrifice his son, Isaac. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I can't imagine having the kind of obedience that Abraham had. But scripture says that upon that that realization that he takes the trip up the mountain, gathers wood for the fire, he gets rope, he ties his son's hands. I mean, Abraham's going to be obedient. He's preparing to take his son's life now, it was never God's intention that that's what was going to happen. See, God was not going to let him actually sacrifice Isaac. But when they get to that moment, and he's prepared to do this, God says, stop. You, you passed the test. You've shown your faithfulness. I'm providing a sacrifice, and God points out that there's a ram stuck in the thorn bush over there, and says, take that sacrifice. I'm blessing you. But James is describing faith. He's describing faith that is an action in Abraham's life. James 2.22, he says, you see that his faith and his actions... We're working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Faith and actions. Working together. Faith was made complete. Not not just by what he thought. Not just by what he prayed. But it's made complete by what he did. 
what kind of faith honors God? Faith that works even when it doesn't make sense. You know, faith that takes steps forward. I think it's one of the things you learn from these blind men. These guys didn't magnify their problem. They didn't fret and worry to the point that they couldn't see a solution if it was put in God's hands. I think it would have been really easy for for these guys to have just wallowed in self-pity. I think they could have very easily given up. Been blind our whole lives. We beg. Well, because we can't get a job. No one wants to date us. We can't support a family. We're not a good prospect. We're we're never going to have a family. We're we're blind. And friends, these guys would have had a lot of shame to deal with. A lot. Because in that culture, people believed if you were blind, it was because you deserved it. You had done something. Or your parents had done something that you deserved to be blind. That was not true, okay? That's not true. But it's what people believed in that day. And so these guys would have lived with shame and embarrassment. They could have easily had no hope. We're blind. Nothing to be done here. It's just the way it is. But one of these guys, maybe... He thought, you know what? I can't see. But I can hear. You know, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And I can't, I can't see. But, but I've heard that there's a man named Jesus. And he heals people. I mean, I can't, I can't see. But I can hear, and I can hear that he's coming our way. You know, I can't see, but I can talk, and I can yell, Jesus, have mercy on us. I can't see, but I can hear, and I can yell, and I can talk. And I can walk, and I am going to follow Jesus. And I'm going in that house with him. I I can't do a lot of things. But there is something I can do, and I'm going to do it. Friends, I do not know what you can't do. But I know there are some things you can do. And when you mix your faith with your works... Faith's made complete with God. You can't heal yourself. I know that. You can't heal yourself of a disease. But you know what you can do? You you can seek God. 
You can believe in a miracle. You can move forward. You you can change your diet. You can exercise. You can seek out the best medical advice that you can. And as you pursue, as you work, and faith come together, they work together. I mean, you, you may have an addiction. You know, you're doing stuff you don't want to do. You're going places you don't want to go. But friends, there are some things that you can do in your life. I mean, what can you do? Well, you you can pray that the power of God give you the strength to face whatever it is you need to face. You can get in a support group. You can get an accountability partner in your life. You can put up some defenses in your life to try and deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with. You can set up some kind of barricades so you don't go certain places, so you don't do certain things. Work and believe together. No matter what the challenge is, no matter what the challenge is, you have to come to a point, whatever that challenge is, and you say, you know what, I can't do everything. In fact, I may not be able to do a lot of things, but I can do something. So I'm going to pray big. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to start doing something, no matter how small it is, I'm going to do it so that my faith and my works come together. You know, that kind of faith, that kind of faith is the faith that honors God. That's the kind of faith that God honors. Some of you thinking, so, okay, so I have faith have to try really, 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 really hard. I get it, and then God will answer. Friends, our our faith isn't in us. Our our faith's not in our faith. Our faith's in God's faithfulness. You know, when our faith is in God's faithfulness, then you find you're able to trust God. I mean, it's the kind of faith you need when you're at the crossroads in your life. You know, it's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Kind of, they, they possess that kind of big faith. We studied them not, not too long ago. Remember, these three boys are teenagers, all right? They're, they're at the crossroads in their life. They're standing before King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man on the planet at that time. And he says to him, he says, you bow down. You worship this God. Not your God, this God. And if you don't, I'm going to throw you in that fiery furnace. You're going to die. I love these teenagers. Nope. We will not bow down. It's not happening. In fact, here's what they said. The God we worship can save us from you and your flaming furnace. But even if he doesn't, we still won't worship your gods and the golden statue you have set up. I love that. I mean, that's faith. That's God-honoring faith. You know, Jesus asks you today, do you believe I'm able to do this? You know, at that crossroads. I mean, I've been there. And I want, when I'm at the crossroads... I want with every fiber in my body to be able to say, I believe you can, God. I believe you will. 
But even if you don't, I still believe. I still believe. I still believe. See, my faith's not in my faith. My faith's not in my works. It's not even in my desired outcome in a situation. My faith is in God's faithfulness and God's sovereignty. You know, a God whose ways are higher than my ways. God whose thoughts are, I can't even comprehend them sometimes. You know, a God who, who's perfect and ever-present and all-knowing and all-powerful. A God that's able to, to move mountains. My faith's in that God. And I know some of you are going, well, good for you, Damon. Go ahead, have blind faith, trust God. But friends, here, here's the deal. I would rather be blind with faith that God can heal me than be able to see and have no faith. I can't imagine living that way. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. What kind of faith honors God? Well, it's a faith that believes. Believes even when you can't see. It's a faith that persists even when things don't change. And some things aren't changing in your life right now. It's a faith that works, moves forward, continues forward, trusting God, even when it doesn't make sense, even when you can't see the good outcome in it. And I know some of you are at that crossroads today. And I want to tell you, whatever it is, whatever it is you're facing, Jesus is asking you, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Whatever this is. Do you believe he's able to do this? And friends, for whatever, if I could stand you up and get you to say it and believe it, to just say, God, I believe you can. I believe you will. But even if you don't, I'm still going to believe. Friends, I challenge you, whatever it is, whatever that thing is, that challenge, I mean, if we were honest, many of us would say, I've got it, I've got it, I'm at that crossroads. Just say, you know what, God, I believe you can. I mean, we do believe that. I believe you will. And even if you don't, God, I still believe, still believe. It's faith. Let's stand for, for a word of prayer. Our holy God, I know there are some here today that they're at that crossroads. God, they are weary, tired, afraid. Truth is, some of them are scared to death. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just pull up beside them. Give them strength. Say, God, I believe. Believe you will move. 
God, I know there are many here today that we stand as testimony to your faithfulness. You have delivered through those crossroads time and time again. God, even when it doesn't go the way we want, God, we still believe. Still standing. Still in love with you. God, I pray you would hear the cries of our hearts. Whatever it is, God, we just lay it at your feet. God, have mercy. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on this situation. Have mercy on this marriage. Have mercy on my work, my vocation. God, have mercy. This body's falling apart. God, have mercy. This battle's getting the best of me. This addiction's taking over. God, have mercy. God, we know you hear our prayers. We know you're able. God, we're just asking you to move. Touch those lives. God, we give you the glory. What we say, what we do, how we walk. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.